Hello and welcome to the 21st edition of the Two Black Tuners, Chris. And I'm your host, Chris. And um, today we're going to talk about a variety of topics. Um, a little, probably a little, well, not super different than what we normally do, but I think we just wanted to start off with um, things we've been up to and watching and playing and all that kind of stuff. So um, I saw Us yesterday and uh, I know you saw, you got to see it earlier, right, Chris? Yeah, I got to see it uh, Tuesday before it came out. Yeah, that's. Yeah, um, I liked it. It's a good movie. Um, as far I thought that, I'm trying to put my thoughts together. Um, it was it it was similar to Get Out in the sense of there was a lot of foreshadowing. There was a pretty decent twist at the very end, and there was a lot of hidden meaning. There was a lot of hidden meaning to a lot of the stuff that went on in the movie. I don't really know if we want to go into spoilers, but um, in that sense, but. Movie wasn't about racism. Um, I think there was some class commentary there, some religious illusions uh, for sure. But um, mm. yeah, I really enjoyed it. What about you? I really enjoyed it too. Uh, did you look up the scripture? Yeah, I did. After you left the theater, yeah. So I think there's a lot of hidden symbolism there. A lot of it, um, you know, some class symbolism or you know, class versus class symbolism. Um, a lot of it is just like, you know, looking into the mirror and seeing a dark version of yourself. And that's sort of the enemy. Um, I thought it was really good. It's a movie that sort of requires multiple viewings for you to get all of it and to see different things, different times. Um, I think we can go into spoilers a little bit. We won't have to go into the twist yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, by um, I mean, by the time this comes out, I mean, it's already been out for a week. Almost two weeks, two like a week weeks. and a half. And by the time this gets out, it'll probably be next weekend. So that should give people enough time, yeah. I think. We'll, we'll, we'll go into some light spoilers. We'll, do, we'll just do that. Um, so one of the things that uh, I think was pretty good about the movie was all the side characters. Not just how Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o was absolutely yeah, was. fantastic. But... Um, Elizabeth Moss was pretty good as her, um, as her tethered version. And then the person who played her husband was pretty funny as both his tethered version and his, uh, above world counterpart. The twins were creepy. All the, all kids, the kids were, were creepy. very creepy. Like all the, cre yeah, all the kids tethered versions were just absolutely creepy. And, you know, always in a thriller or horror movie, having twins is already a sign of creepiness. So, you know, that didn't really help matters. Um, it's a movie that, like, requires a lot of, you know, you, you want to go read the think pieces after you've watched the movie because there are a lot of theories out there. And it's sort of fun to think about. Um, what did you think about the twist at the end? Did you um, see it the coming? The twist at the end... I suspected something like that. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't say I was 100% like, oh, I know this is what's going to happen. But I, I definitely suspected that um, something was going to happen going through the movie. And um, a after the twist happens, like, everything makes a lot more sense, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think that... I, I, I think the twist at the end helps make the movie, you know? 
just give it like a reason for like okay yeah. why did all this stuff happen why did all this stuff happen now what makes you know lupita's family more mm-hmm. special than everyone's like pretty much the tethered people just massacre like their counterparts the only people who survived in the movie was um you know lupita's family right and so it's sort of interesting that that happens um because it, it sort of seems like the tethered had a rule you kill your counterpart and that's it people are debating whether umbre um so there's there's a part in the movie where uh right after the tethered versions of lupita's family confront them they all sort of separate and each tethered gets to fight their above world counterpart and umbre who is the girl's version i cannot remember the girl's name for the life of me but i remember her tethered to name umbre is chasing after uh her above world counterpart and then a guy comes out because umbre is standing on his car and he comes out and he's like come here come here and so she goes over to him and so she cuts the back of his leg which causes him to scream and then it sort of cuts away as the girl starts running away again and so it's sort of interesting how later in the movie when they go to Elizabeth Moss family's house and their tethers have already killed their above world counterparts that they sort of toy with them, but they don't kill them right away when they could have, which makes me think that they had a rule that you only kill your version. Yeah. And so I'm not sure whether Umbre killed that guy or just, you know, like pretty much just cut the muscles in his leg so he can't go anywhere. Yeah. Because everybody else you saw was just... Dead. Yeah, they were destroyed. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, they must have had some sort of rule, and that, and that was the thing about us is that it's definitely one of those movies where, like, the more you think about certain things, the more like you can start to pick it apart a little bit, and I think that's what stops it from being like a super scary movie to me, because like the scariest movie movies to me are always the ones like, oh man, this could all, this could really happen. You know, mm-hmm. but I don't think Jordan Peele really cared about filling out certain details about like where the tether came from and like how exactly they acted and, and why they did things. A lot of this movie was, I think, trying to be a metaphor and, you know, trying to drive some, you know, ideas home because there were certain things. I mean, I, I texted you about this earlier. Right. I understand they're in California. I don't know what their gun laws are like, but like, why did no one have a gun at, at a certain point? Yeah, and so, you know, you the only gun we saw in the movie was a flare gun, and that worked out spectacularly awful for the person involved. But I think it was interesting. Like, my other questions I had, I don't know if I texted you this or not, because I've talked to so many people about it, but I was just like, all right, what happened to the people that were on planes when the tethers came out of the sewers or were on trains, helicopters, boats you know not readily accessible were they waiting for them at the docks or the stations where they would have ended up how would they have gotten there things like that because we saw in the tethered version when we saw people on roller coasters they were in one room all bunched together like acting out the roller coaster but you know they weren't actually moving anywhere so how does that work for people in cars? Do they just sort of stay there in that area? We saw people walking around like people above them were walking around. So there's a lot of questions there. And we saw at the end um, people in helicopters looking at the tethered. And I, I'm assuming those were not tethered because once they fulfilled their objective, they got in line. Yeah, it, it was almost like they were programmed to do one thing and then they were done. 
Right. Unless yeah. unless they ran into another living person. Right. Which, you know, we don't know. I think uh, Lupita's family is a bit more... Well, who knows? It's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. And also when Red is explaining the origin of the tethered, we got to remember that she's speculating. She doesn't actually know. That's true. Because no one, because I'm thinking, I'm like, how does she know this? Because she's not, nobody down there but her can talk. And there were no words that we saw or books or anything. So she just had to speculate. Yeah, she must have. I mean, maybe there was some readings and she could, you know, she could piece certain things together. But yeah, I just, I don't, yeah. So like, there are certain things like that where I was like, hmm. But I mean, as far as the movie, as far as the movie goes, you know, I liked the storyline because mm-hmm. I didn't know where it was going to go. The family was very likable, which, you know, you want the family to survive. I, cause I thought that Winston Duke, I mean, he had a couple times where I was like, Ooh, I don't know. Are they going to kill the dad? He, he sort know? of deserved it. Actually him and the girl sort of deserved to die because the girl was jogging when her mom told her to run. She was not running at all. I was just like, oh, yeah, she catches you. Yeah. You deserve to die. And then um, yeah, for uh, Winston Duke, Gabe, Gabe was his name. Like, how are you just, you, you, you were doing way too much. And plus, you let them take your bat and then they beat you over the head, beat your knee with it. Like, you, you deserve that. Yeah. You shouldn't have been taunting. You should have been listening. Uh, that's why when, it, uh, when Adelaide was just like, you don't get to make the decisions anymore. Like. Yeah, you earned that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I mean, he did. He, I mean, he messed up, but I did like the levity that he added to the movie because I think it, you know, it was needed for sure. Oh yeah, he was a suburban dad. I I know when he uh, went out. I can't remember what part of the the movie it was. I, I it was before the tethers got there. He hit the suburban dad pose with like the hands on the hip. I'm just like, oh, yep, you've been suburbanized. Uh, there mm-hmm. goes all your instincts to run. You've been suburbanized. Um, I'm trying to. I, I had a point I was going to make. Um, I, well, I was going to say that I did think the family was likable enough. So when the twist happens at the end, you know, you feel kind of weird about it. You know, you're conflicted. Because mm-hmm. the people you wanted to win the entire movie, you know, especially Lupita, you're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about you now, which was the point. Right. You know, but at the same at the same time, like you can find justifiable motives on both sides, which is is what makes things difficult. For sure. I mean, one side involved mass murder slash genocide, so it's sort of hard to you know root for that side still. But the leader of it had justifiable motives. Not definitely saying they should have killed everyone. And but. also, um. The guy who played Lupita's father was a uh, was Black Manta, and Starfire. Yeah. For her parents. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh yeah, and I will say I think that um the guy who played her, I think her father in this um he gets to be on the list of um ancient fathers in uh, movies and TV up there with Goku. Oh, yeah. Up there with the um the dad who made his the dad woman alchemist who made his kid a chimera because um. If he had just watched his daughter for 15 minutes, mm. then this whole movie would not have happened. It wouldn't even been 15 minutes. It literally probably would have been five. Yeah, if he had just if he just got off the game 
and done his job. So I, that's the. But here's here, here's another thing that I thought someone brought this up to me, and I was just like, "That's a good point. How did she? The how did how did the Lupita Sethered go up the escalator when it was a down escalator? I'm not sure. Because all she did was just ride it up. She didn't walk it because you have to run those things going at the speed because it was going at a normal speed. She just went up it. I'm not sure. And then how did, yeah, and then how did the other, um, how did the, how did the real Lupita not leave, you know, if the tether version was able to leave? There's a, well, there's yeah, a there spoiler. it is, sorry. <laughs> well, how, how long are we in? 13, hopefully, hopefully if they We're did 13 want to spoil, minutes they in. would just skip this part. Sorry. I yeah, mean, you can just I'll, throw I'll, I'll try to. I'll put like a spoiler, spoiler alert, alert at the for the next minute. minute. Yeah, but all in all, good movie. Definitely recommend to go see it for sure. Uh, Jordan. I would like a novelized version. Yeah, Jordan Peele's on a road, man. I mean, on a roll, on, a, on the road. The family was on the road. Yeah, on the road. Jordan Peele is on a roll mm-hmm. in the box office. He's got another hit. So you know. Let's hope he doesn't Shyamalan it with um, goofy twists in every movie. Yeah, but his next movie is Candyman, and I will be skipping that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. You want to move on to... Uh, um, you can talk about Capital Supremacy for a minute. Yeah. You know what text message I just got from a friend? From what? About what? Explain your beef with Captain Marvel. Oh, we're not even... That's, like, one of the last few things. <laughs> I don't even want to... Dude, like... <laughs> hey, all right, yeah, Capital Supremacy, go for all right. it. All right, let's get to Capital Supremacy. Okay, so uh, this past week, I believe on Tuesday, uh, EA finally did something good and added a game mode to Battlefront 2 called Capital Supremacy. So there's only one map of it now on Geonosis. So how it works is... Um, because they already messed something up. They already turned off the AI. It was originally supposed to work with, you have eight players, 12 AI on each side. You know, one's the droids, one are the uh, Republic. And you have to capture, you start off on the planet, and you have to capture five command posts. So once you have three out of five, or four out of five, or five of five, as long as you have the majority of the command posts, you start gaining reinforcements, and you have to get up to 50. Whoever gets to 50 first, that side gets to um, evacuate the planet, which involves you having to go up to your ships that land, press X for like three seconds, and then you go up to the opposing team's ship, capital ship, in space and you board the ship and then you have to um unlock the doors which requires having someone go up there and hold x while you're defending them and hopefully not die and then after that you have to sabotage two things on the ship which take a long time so i have only played two games but given how each sort of area on the ship is a bottleneck i cannot see how someone or one team unless the other team is just really bad can just go through and win the ship in one go 
Uh, so basically what happens, you only have a limited amount of people up there. So once you run out, your, your reinforcements hit zero, you get back to the planet and then the other team automatically starts off with three out of the five command posts and you have to fight your way through it. Um, it's a fun game mode. It is a long game mode, so I can understand how people can get tired of it easily. Like if you, you know, play it a few times in a row, but I think it's a step in the right direction. It should have been on the original game to begin with, but here we are. I mean, it didn't cost anything. That's one of the things that EA's done. There's no DLC. So you're getting all of this for free. But the thing is for like characters, you have to. Well, they're giving you the characters for this game mode, but for other game modes, you have to buy um, them using the in-game currency, and you cannot mm-hmm. buy the in-game currency using real money anymore because they cut that out, which was like a good thing, but also at the same time, you made getting credits such a long and difficult process. Um, yeah, but you're supposed to feel good about yourself for actually getting there. Yeah, screw you, EA. So if I've never played uh, Battlefront, should I? Is it a good time to jump in? Do you think? Now that they've added more free stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, I feel like if you're a Star Wars fan, then yeah, you should. Um, I just want, I still want uh, Galactic Conquest back. But on that note, I read that you know how uh, Xbox has like this games with gold thing. If I don't know if you heard of that, it's where you can um with an xbox gold subscription you get like a couple free games from like the xbox 360 or the xbox that have backwards compatibility with the xbox one and you get to have play that game or get have a chance to download that game i haven't done it yet but i'm going to do it tomorrow because from april 1st to the 14th bat the original battlefront 2 is supposed to be available on backwards compatibility so i plan to download that and screw this Battlefront 2. I'm playing that Battlefront 2. Good childhood memories there. 2005, good times. Mm-hmm. That's it for Capital Supremacy. For sure. All right, well, you've, you've heard uh, Chris's opinion on Capital Supremacy. Um, I don't have one because I don't have Battlefront, so you'll have to trust um, his opinion on this, on that. Um... I guess I can talk about Umbrella Academy, which you have not seen. No, I have not. So Umbrella Academy is a new Netflix series. Um, since uh, Marvel Netflix is dead, I guess Netflix um, wants to go find uh, new properties based off comics. Umbrella Academy. It was. I'm not sure if it was a graphic novel, but um, it was definitely a comic. It pretty much takes. It pretty much is about this um, family of adults that uh, this this um family where they're all adopted and they're all adults who used to kind of be superheroes and their kids but now they're not superheroes anymore and they're all estranged and um it just chronicles like you know their lives and the things they go through there's a big um time travel element for sure and um i definitely i enjoyed it just because while it is a comic property it definitely didn't feel like your standard like superhero show with like dragged out origin stories and like people going out and fighting you know it definitely wasn't there was action in it but i definitely would not classify it as like in uh an action show so i think that if you're looking for more like comic book based stuff that isn't kind of your standard action show you know i think umbrella academy might be something you want to check out kind of has like a cut all the characters are kind of misfits 
where even the ones with cool powers tend to have like huge like personality flaws and things of that nature. So um, I would definitely say I, I would definitely say it might be interesting to check out. Um, Missy Elliott is, is an assassin in this. I I oh. was not expecting that at all. I mean, sometimes you have to uh, do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah. And um, one of the main characters is uh, played by um, Ellen Page from X-Men. Remember when she was, um, wasn't she Kitty Pride back in the day? Yeah, she was Kitty Pride. Then she was in The Last of Us. That was about all I know besides her uh, activism. Yeah, for sure. Um, and a lot of the other actors in this are people I haven't seen before. So I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to me, I feel like they're picking people maybe they're lesser known unless I'm just, um, I'm uncultured. But it, it it was definitely um it was definitely a, a a cool story. Like I said, there's time travel in it. There's a lot of heart, a lot of like messages about family. There's a lot of mystery in it too because it's definitely one of those shows where you don't know where it's gonna go. Um, one of the main characters can talk to dead people, so that's kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah. Little sixth sense up in here. Yeah, and he can chal- and he can like channel their spirits. Which is yeah, it, it was it was it's a it's a pretty neat power. I mean, as far as like powers that you don't necessarily like see all the time, and another, and one girl's she has a power that's she's pretty much like a good guy version of Kilgrave, where she can give people commands and they can do whatever she wants. But um, when she gets in the fight, uh, someone she fights has a pretty good a pretty good way of neutralizing that ability. I'm not I'm not gonna give it away, but um. Definitely something that should have happened to Kilgrave and Jessica Jones, in my opinion, that um, mm-hmm. they didn't do. But I'll leave it at that. When you see it, you'll you'll know what I mean. Okay. Um, and is there anything else I wanted to talk about? Let me let me think. Um, and th- and that's mostly it. Like I don't want to go into too much detail because you haven't seen it, and it- it's kind of one of those shows where you. Th- th- Figuring out some of the mysteries, some of the twists is like half the fun, but um, I had a good time with it. Um, do you want to move on to um, Rip Arrow? Yes. All things must come to an end. I was going to say all good things, but I haven't really thought Arrow was good in a while. Yeah, so um, we got some bombshell Arrow news. Um, yes. So some the first, some the, some, so the first news we got was that um, Arrow's ending. Season eight is going to be the last season, and season eight is only going to be ten episodes. So I think right now they're in episode seventeen of season seven. So you really only got like six, seven episodes the rest of the season, and then um, no, not even that. No, no, not not even that many. You got like you got like 14, 15 episodes left of the series, pretty much. So it's coming to a close. And the other news. Is that Felicity Emily Bet Ricard is leaving after season seven, which is no more Felicity Felicity at the end of the season. season. But you only got ten more episodes before the series is over. So someone already put a meme of um, Thanos on the Arrow Reddit, where it was like where where he's talking to Gamora, baby Gamora at the end, and he she's like, "Did you do it?" And he goes, "Yes," and it says like. Felicity leaving, and then she goes, but what did it cost? And he and Thanos goes, everything, and it says Arrow ending after season eight. I'm like, wow. Hey, that'll be ten episodes of Arrow greatness. Make Arrow great again. 
so I, I'm, I'm very curious about what this last season is even going to be because uh, Curtis is gone. Um, Felicity's leaving. And there are rumors that Katie Cassidy's leaving. And this next episode that we're on right now, they may be writing off Black Siren. So I'm, what is this last season even going to like, what's it going to be? Because it just seems like it's going to be so different than what we're used to. Like, is, is he doing like a back to basics type thing? We already thought that he was going to die in crisis anyway. So I'm just curious to, I, I'm like, what is Arrow season eight? I guess my biggest question now is what is Arrow season eight going to be? If it's 10 episodes there, it looks like they're changing up sort of like the standard monster of the week Arrow formula that we've had for the past, you know, what probably, I mean, since the series has started mostly. Yeah. Um, so do you have, I mean, have you been keeping up with the show period? And then do you have any ideas of what they might yeah, I've do? I've been keeping up with the show. I'm still hoping that it's just going to be all tie-ins to, um, Crisis on Infinite Earths and that all the shows are just going to be connected. It's just going to be a season of crossovers and Arrow is just not going to be there for that long of a time. And so while Arrow might end by, um, the big, by, the time the crossover would normally happen in like December or maybe the next week that he still might show up in um, like, you know, the flash or legend or Batwoman If that's starting next year or Supergirl as, you know, just as a guest star, he might still be alive at that point. They're obviously not going to get killed off. We got those future flashbacks. Are they going to cameo in the other shows? Are they kind of done? You know, because I mean, Le Legends is always a home for wayward characters, and I'm I'm assuming like John Constantine is probably only going to be in this season, which also Legends comes back tomorrow as the record as of this recording, and I'm pretty excited. Um. Yeah, I yeah, I'm just I I I do like your idea of it just being all crossover. I doubt there's that, but I mean that would be cool. Um. I definitely think they're setting up a, a bigger tie-in with Crisis, though, because I think Flash is going to have something to do with it, with all the stuff that's going on there, with um, Nora and changing the timeline and um, the two cicadas. We know the Arrow's ending. No, John John Cryer is a pretty... He's done... It's only been in three episodes, but he, he's been a pretty good Lex Luthor. I've seen like, some of John Cryer as Lex Luthor. I'm like, I don't hate it. He's doing a, He's doing a good job. Yeah, and I saw that they actually put the suit in there. Yeah, he had the Lexo suit, and um, he's manipulating. And it didn't look terrible. And he's uh, manipulating uh, Russian Kara to um, yeah take over. I mean, to I mean, I'm I'm a fight good Kara at some point. And uh, Eve Tesmach Eve Tesmacher is evil, like 100. Yeah. percent Like since she was introduced in the beginning, and she shot James, I was like, wow, okay. Yes. I did not see that coming. How many times has James been shot? I dude, I don't, I don't know why he's on the show. I have no idea. I'm assuming he's not going anywhere because they just introduced his sister. But like, I because <sighs> he got killed in the Crisis on Earth X. He got shot last season, I think. He got shot the first time he went out as Guardian. Like, come on I, now. I, I, dude, I don't he, know. He... I like Lex. Just give, give me more Lex. You can, um, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's all I'm going to say when it comes to Supergirl. 
Well, getting back to Arrow, I would just say that I'm conflicted. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Because, like, I'm happy Felicity's gone. You know, finally. But it's like, well, what does it cost? Now, did you see the episode there with All Flash Forward with all the kids? Yes. What did you think? I, it was okay. Like, it wasn't... I think it was it was a good episode. It just wasn't, like, all that mind-blowing yeah. for me. I liked I liked Amico and um, Oliver's interaction in the last. I'm assuming so. I'm so. so are, are we assuming like that Amico is a season villain? Is that I'm, I'm I'm assuming that's what it is. She's the leader of the Ninth Circle, yeah. and Dante's working for her, as opposed to the other way around. Right. Because I was thinking like because this season really didn't have like a consistent you know villain. I mean, they were fighting Ricardo Diaz for the first half, but like. Who cares? He's dead now. So who killed him? Uh, Miko did. Oh, she nice. killed, good job. She killed Miko. him in prison. Hmm. No, so you know what's funny now? What? Uh, all the um, uh, Elicity fans that were g- glad that Diaz is gone. This cost them everything. Yeah. Because now Felicity's gone. Yeah, dude. No, uh, rip Elicity, I guess. Yeah. And I was telling you this earlier this week because I've been rewatching Smallville and something that I knew, but I sort of just sort of forgot about because I've read the Smallville season 11 comics and I go back and reread those every so often. But Oliver and Chloe ended up together and I don't remember people hating that um, as much as people were just like, why is Lois Lane hooking up with half the Justice League and why is Lana Lang hooking up with half the male uh main cast but oliver and chloe ended up together and i didn't hate that chloe was a good character yeah i mean felicity on the other hand i mean i think with the felicity stuff is you know everybody liked felicity in the beginning but like as she got more attention like laurel got less and then like laurel's like transformation into the black canary was kind of half-assed and then they killed her in season four which was Easily the biggest mistake of the show, like easily, easily the worst, easily the worst mistake I've seen in a TV, a television show, like period. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, and and I and I just think the writing around Oliver and Felicity. I mean, I didn't see Smallville, so I can't speak to like Chloe and stuff. Which um, wonder how Allison Mack is doing, but we'll we'll leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> but um. You know, I think with Felicity, it was just that, like, they they, they just, I, I feel like the writers were, ha- the writers are really confident and happy that they created an original character that, like, blew up, you know? Because you go on Tumblr, you know, especially back in the day, I mean, Felicity was everywhere, even with people who didn't even watch Arrow, mm-hmm. you know? But I, I feel like, I feel like she definitely just kind of, like, overstayed her welcome, and it got to a point with Arrow where it's like, yeah. you know, especially when you get to like Arrow season four with like Damien Darjic, it's just like, what is a show even about anymore? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of lost its sort of identity in it because Arrow was always sort of grounded in realism. And then once the Flash came, you had that world, but then you had it sort of still grounded with a little bit of, you know, magical realism in the pit and with Ra's al Ghul. 
then you just went whole magic in there because there has to be some reason why hive survives against the league of assassins and damian dark is still kicking even though he doesn't have the uh pit and we see why but at the same time oliver should have realistically not stood a chance against magic he should have died like eight times before the mid-season finale for sure and he was about to if one time literally barry did not save him also barry could have knocked out Damian Dark, and that whole thing could have been over. But no, Barry, you just ran them off 15 feet away, and you just have a habit of running away or not letting villains get knocked out. We're not We're not even going to get into... I mean, we already complained about, um, I think last episode, Flash and Cicada. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that alone. But yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of want to do like a like a YouTube like thing, like honoring Arrow or something during the summer. I'm conflicted and, and like with Felicity, I mean, I got to a point where I'm just like over it and just accept it. Like, okay, this is just what the show is now. Either I'm gonna, either I'm gonna keep watching and not complain or I'm gonna stop watching it. So yeah, I, I mean, Arrow did lose his identity. And the one show I think out of all the shows that's been able to keep its identity well is Legends. Once Legends figured out what it wanted to be, it's been pretty consistent, you know? Yes. Yeah, and Legends is an acquired taste. Two. It's not a show that everyone is going to like because it is corny and goofy, and that's just not going to be everybody's speed, but Legends knows what it is. Right. Speaking of Legends, if we can talk about it for a brief moment, when is um, Hawkgirl coming back? Because is coming back this season. I heard that a former Legend was going to attack them and like be evil. So maybe it's her, I guess? I was pretty sure it was her. I thought that got I don't, So I don't know. I mean, the thing is, Legends has been off for so long. Um, I hope Mona dies. <laughs> Probably not, but, you know, I don't know why we needed a female counterpart to Gary, but now now we have one. Because more Gary is better. I thought, I, I, th- I thought Gary was... I th- mm-hmm. Gary himself was enough. And now we have um, female Gary, which... um. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, did you want to get into the, I think the main event of this podcast probably is uh, Captain Marvel, right? Oh, boy. All right. So, uh, Captain Marvel came out like a month-ish ago, three weeks or so, yep. a month ago. Um, yep. I saw it, like the Thursday premiere. Um, so did I. So, my review of the movie is that... Um, Definitely, definitely, definitely lower to mid-tier Marvel. Five out of ten, six out of ten at best. Um, I didn't absolutely hate it, but it definitely felt to me like kind of your paint by the numbers Marvel origin story. And um, there's been so much drama around this movie that's not even relating to like the movie itself. You got the uh, in quotes, the, um, the SJWs versus um, the incels. So um, there, there's 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 been a lot going on. Um, Chris, I want to hear your thoughts about the movie. Then we can kind of get into the movie period, and then may- maybe just some of the drama around it. Because I I went and did some research. So um, Chris, uh, what's your opinion about uh, Captain Marvel? Oh, Captain Marvel. Uh, oof. Uh, oh boy. It was a movie. Uh, let, let me say the things I liked about it first. Um, so I liked Goose. Yeah. Goose the cat was wonderful. Yes, he was. Or Goose the Flerkin, I guess. 
Uh, I thought was he, awesome. I was funny. Um, yes. Uh, Nick Fury and Captain Marvel's interactions were pretty great, I thought. Um, yeah, this is definitely the movie, I think, where um, Nick Fury's had the most to do. He didn't have to just be like a mission command type person. Right. You know, um, though, though we we got some from him in Winter Soldier, but he's definitely had the most. To, he definitely had the most to do here for sure. He definitely did the old man run, though. I'm like, y'all should have got a stunt double for him. There's no reason why you shouldn't make that 70 plus year old man run. What's wrong with y'all? Um, but yeah, so he was great. Ben Mendelsohn as Talos was pretty great. I think he did a really good job, but. You should not have made the scrolls sympathetic without at the most saying that they were a sect that didn't do anything wrong and they wanted to be free. And then there's the rest of the scrolls that are terrible people. And that's why the scroll and the Kree were, you know, having a war. Their empires were at war, which is, but it's not what mm-hmm. they're saying. The Kree, you put all the blame on the Kree and that the Kree came to the scrolls homeworld and the scrolls were like yeah we're not going to take this occupation and fought back and the Kree just wiped them out which also begs the question that unless you radicalize some Kree within the past 20 to 30 years or radicalize the scrolls in the past 20 to 30 years and the super scrolls just came out of nowhere we're not going to have super scrolls and that's yeah 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 so um, especially with the fantastic four coming um yeah sorry to go you're, do you want to just talk about the yeah, scrolls, we'll talk for, about a scrolls minute? for a minute? So yeah, I, I think yeah. so. So the whole twist and the movie's been out now. So the whole twist of the movie is that um, uh, Captain Marvel Carol starts off working for the Kree, and you find out no, she's originally from Earth, and the Kree kidnapped her and pretty much brainwashed her to be a soldier. You know, and the whole idea is that you know she's able to her powers don't actually come from the Kree; they come from like this light speed engine thing. That's powered by powered by the Tesseract that didn't really need to be in this movie, but whatever. And um, you know, you start the movie off thinking the Scrolls are you know they're bad guys; they're invading this planet, and the Kree are good guys. And it turns out, no, the Kree are pretty much like evil imperialist fascist and the scrolls were just looking for a home that whole time and they were peaceful and it's kind of like yeah i i get what they were going for i get they were going for like appearances being deceiving i get they were going for you know captain marvel kind of being manipulated you know this is a pro woman you know it's kind of a you know a girl power type movie and they were going for you know captain marvel you know being manipulated by this male figure and ultimately you know she has enough power in herself where she's like hey i don't need you anymore i don't have to prove anything any anything else to you and all of that stuff but the, the issue with like you said using the scrolls in this way is that in the comics the scrolls are evil and they're the storyline, mm-hmm. and the Kree aren't and this good Kree people really either. aren't good people either. So it's much more like, it, it's much more realistic of like, well, hey, there's bad people on both sides, you know. And the scroll, and there's an awesome scroll story called Secret Invasion, where the scrolls invade Earth, and they're not only they able to copy the appearances of very Marvel of various Marvel heroes, but they're also able to copy their powers. Right. And, and, um, a lot of people thought that, you know, as, as we start thinking about, well, well, Hey, where's the MCU going to go, you know, after Endgame, after Thanos, you know, what threats can they really deal with? Um, 
Squirrels were definitely on the list. There's other stuff they can do for sure. They can do Galactus and that kind of stuff. But um, Secret Invasion definitely could have been a storyline that you could have done in the MCU at some point. That would have that could have been like a yeah. global threat where you get multiple superheroes in, you know. So using the scrolls in this way kind of makes it weird. Where okay, how are they going to ride around? If if they ever did, either they're not going to do Secret Invasion ever, or if they did, they're going to have to find a creative way to ride around. You know the fact they were oh oh Carol, what happened? I thought the scrolls were good. Didn't you give them a home? Why are they trying to kill us now? You know. Right. So yeah, and, and there should have been no reason why that you know, like I said, unless they develop in the past twenty thirty years since this movie took place in the nineties, where you have super scrolls existing. There's no reason why, if super scrolls existed, that the scrolls should have even had a semblance of a problem defending their home world instead of just being scattered off like refugees. Yeah, I. So that in itself is problematic. Um, next problem. Do, we, do you want to? What do you want to get into next? Uh, Carol herself. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about all things Carol. So I had absolutely zero problem with the message um, to women everywhere. I thought that was a great part of the movie. My problem came in with how Carol's character was just in general, and this is the same thing that I have with the problem in the comics is that she's a lot like a female Hal Jordan when Hal Jordan was first, you know, sort of there, sort of this dry cut character, you know, dry humor, like very uh, impulsive, very emotional, um, and, you know, very stubborn. They're like very similar characters. Um, and so when you have Brie Larson there and she's, you know, she has like one or two faces. She doesn't really, you know, as the Creed taught her, you know, not to show any emotion. But even after she broke out of that, she did, She still didn't show all that emotion. Um, and even the like two seconds we saw her in Endgame, still not that much emotion. Um, so maybe we'll see more. You know, it's a different directorial style. We'll see. Um, but they didn't give her a challenge. Like her challenge was herself, which is one thing. But you didn't give her a challenge to fight physically because as soon as she tapped into her emotions, she literally took a warship down by chest bumping it. Like that was a sh warship that 15 years later, 20 years later could not be taken down by a whole bunch of Nova ships in guardians. Like I just, uh, yeah, so I I will say that I, I'm okay with her, like, having those powers and being super strong. But I do agree, like, there should have been some sort of challenging fight for her, you know? Because, I mean, they almost... She, she was very OP. She was very OP at the end. And, one, and once she gets her powers, they're like, all right, well, no one can beat her now. Yeah. You know, and I just... And, and my issue with Carol is that I just... I did feel like... You know, she was clearly trying to be, like, a badass and be cool. And I was okay with her in the beginning. But some of her, some of her acting, and this is Brie Larson, some of Brie Larson's acting, especially towards, like, the second half and the third half of the movie, like, 
she was just so like emotionless and cold and like did not talk like a real person. You know, I mean, there were certain lines where I felt like she was literally just like reading the script. It's like, it's like, you can't control me anymore. I have my powers. Now I'm free. And I've noticed this with a lot of like female led kind of action movies. Cause I've seen like Hunger Games and you've, have you seen Divergent ever? Nope. Or kind of similar to Hunger Games. I wouldn't say it's post-apocalyptic, but it's definitely like an action female led movie. Um... We don't, even, we don't even get in a twilight. Yeah. And I feel like whenever they have a main character that's a woman and they want to make it a thing, with the exception of Wonder Woman, it's like they have to make them like, it's like they have to be so cold and they can't, they can't be overly feminine if that makes sense. You know what I mean? And like they almost have to be written like very stoically like they're male characters almost, you know? And I just, I just feel like, like, I don't know. I'm kind of getting sick of that trope. And I mean, it'd be interesting to hear from, you know, fans of these kinds of movies. And I mean, I guess probably just women in general, female critics, whatever, what they kind of think about this. Like, is, is this what they want? And I understand the argument of like, well, no one really demands that like men get to be funny or like men have to smile and that kind of stuff. But like... Even say like with Thor, even in like Thor one, Thor was like you know he Thor was kind of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had his his fun moments. I get to what you mean. I mean, I know for Hunger Games, so I was a fan of the books. So Hunger Games, Katniss was pretty much that. That was pretty much an accurate portrayal. I can't speak to Divergent from what I've heard of Twilight books that. You know, Bella was sort of similar. I might be wrong. I just really don't care about Twilight. Um, uh, but, you know, like, I, I just think that's a pretty true character for Carol Danvers because, like, her, one of her defining character traits in the comics is her anger. Like, sh- there are different versions of her that have, I mean, the main continuity version has tried to kill Rogue multiple times. Is she justified at least the first time? Yeah. Like, Rogue messed her up pretty good. But, you know, to keep coming back to that, all right, give it a rest. Um, There is a version in the the Marvel Universe and the multiverse where she killed the Rogue on her Earth and now goes throughout the... Well, not now. It was like 10, 15 years ago where she tried to go throughout the multiverse and kill every version of herself and every version of Rogue. And... I, I mean, I you just got some issues there, Carol. Um, but I just think that they didn't give Brie Larson enough because I like Brie Larson as an actress. I think she's very talented. I just feel like they didn't give her really anything to work with. Um, yeah. I feel like everyone outshined her in her own movie. Um, Marie Lambeau, Monica Lambeau, Nick yeah, Fury. Yeah, Monica Lambeau's cool. Talos, the little girl was fine. Not Ronan. Um, Jimmy Chan uh, got blown up. That was a little disappointing. You know what I'm talking about? The sniper. Who? She oh, was in yeah. uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, apparently a lot of people were excited for her, and she got blown up, and Jude Law got to live, so... Um, They're like, we'll see him again in Captain Marvel 2. I'm like, why? Hey, he's gotta, she's got to send a message. Now, I'm curious, if they do a Captain Marvel 2, do you think they're going to do kind of what they're doing with Wonder Woman, where it's going to be set between... 
you know, the first Captain Marvel and like, you know, Avengers stuff? Or do you think it's good? That's what they yeah, said. So, oh, like, yes, it- they said it's going to be in the past, too. And I'm like, why? She's supposed to be the flagship for the entire universe. And yet you're keeping her in the past. Past and not in present day. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. Um, I'm trying to think if I missed any, if we're missing anything from Captain Marvel, any big details. Oh, we got we got a few more things to go through. Um, oh, you have a list. Yeah, I I got a list. Um, so as a movie uh, in and of itself, we did we got a lot more telling than we did showing. Like for Ma, uh, for Marie and Carol's relationship, we were told that they have a great relationship. We were told how close that they were, but the really the only times we saw them together in a flashback was them at a bar for about five to 10 seconds and then them uh, getting on a plane for about five to 10 seconds. And that's about it. Everything else we were told after we found them in the present. And that's an issue just movie telling wise, like show some of that, you know? I, yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, with Carol Maria, there, there needed to be a little more there for you to buy their yeah. relationship, for sure. And part of that was just like the way they did the flashbacks, where it was like, you know, you got flashes of it when like the scrolls are doing the mind thing on her and that kind of stuff, and. Yeah, I think the movie would have benefited from more flashbacks of young Carol and her relationship with Maria so you understood, you know, so you just, you cared a little bit more. And then what else do we have? Um, Let's see. Uh, I felt like the things that they sort of retconned within the Marvel Universe were sort of dumb. Um, So you have Fury not only witness uh, shape-shifting aliens, not only to meet someone with the power and, like, the godlike power that Captain Marvel has, you also send him into space where he sees even more aliens, where he has all this knowledge and interaction with these different groups of aliens, and yet Thor's the one that changes the game that means, like, oh, we should start developing this technology to uh, make weapons from the tesseract that doesn't make any sense like why are you waiting 20 years or 17 years i think because it takes place in 95 17 years after that to start making weapons based off the tesseract because they're already doing technology based off the tesseract because that's how the light speed engine became a thing so if project pegasus was already a thing in the 90s and probably a bit in the 80s because it was six years after that that uh like that's when carol left was six years afterwards um so you have project pegasus going on in the 80s why aren't you making weapons then why 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 just stop like that doesn't make any sense to me right you know, there's that. People are complaining about the whole Bieber thing. Like, I, yeah, it's dumb. Like, maybe she didn't answer. Maybe he did try to call her. But I feel like the first Avengers was literally what she was trying to prevent. She In, in the last third act of the movie, she was trying to prevent the Tesseract from falling into evil aliens' hands. And that's literally what... And destroying the Earth. And that's literally what's going on in the first Avengers and she doesn't come or she doesn't answer or you don't call her. I feel like that one's a bad one. 
Age of Ultron, whatever. Uh, but that one especially is sort of dumb and should have been thought through a bit more. Yeah, I don't know why the Tesseract, like, we, we, we were sharing memes about it earlier. Why did the Tesseract even need to be in this movie? Like, you could have had some other alien, you know, device or something. After Infinity War, like, okay, we're good with it. Like, we don't care about the Infinity Stones anymore. Like, Thanos got them all. We've seen them all in action. It's like, all right, you know, because they're MacGuffins. Right, and at this This would be a neat tie-in to, you know, some of the older movies and stuff. But it does just make a lot of... It does make the continuity a mess a little bit, a little, a little bit, and it's just not, it's not necessary. And so now you have the most powerful character get her powers from the space stone. Let's say the next powerful, like not including Thanos. Let's say the next most powerful character is Thor. He has his powers because he's an Asgardian. Cool, perfect, fine. Third, you have Scarlet Witch. She got her powers from the Mind Stone. Vision, Mind Stone. Like, you know, it's just you can think of other ways for people to get powers because you have the rich history in the comics of a million different ways to get uh, the powers. X-Gene. They can use the yeah. X-Gene now. So now like, yeah, what is that going to be? Um, you know, so we, we can get into that in, in, in game. But and then I, I, I wouldn't say the last thing is Nick Fury's eye. Like, the jokes about it before it happened were fine. The fact that it was a meme before it happened, like, months before the movie came out. Like, as soon as the cat came up in the trailer, that meme showed up where it was Nick Fury losing his eye because of the cat, and we all just laughed it off, and then it actually happened. Because it was just like... In the in the comics, he lost his eye one of two ways that I I remember. One, Wolverine. Two, shrapnel from a grenade went in his eye. He was around so many explosions and so much shards of glass that you could have did that. But no, you made it a cat. Granted, it's a flurkin and they're extremely dangerous, but it did it in its cat form, and it just did it because it didn't want to be picked up at the time. Like, come on. One one of uh, somebody I was talking to on the internet wanted to show that it was it shows great character development for Fury. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Just because you have uh, him, you know, him lie about like, oh, it's just this awesome reason, or he lost in an awesome battle, and instead he lost it to a cat. I thought that joke was funny. That, like, everyone in S.H.I.E.L.D. thinks he lost it, you know, in some, like, badass way and really was a cat. Yeah, but that's not character but, I mean, development. No, that's not character development. That's just funny. I mean, they, I, I do agree that if he lost it in a more badass way, you know, I mean, if it, but, like, are we ever going to get an Fury Origin Story movie? Maybe, probably nope. not, you know. They made it a joke, which, you know, it's Marvel, Unfortunately, so Marvel does. Um, your your brother. Um, it's probably your probably to your brother's issue with uh, Marvel movies, which is is stuff like that where you know you take something that could have been cool and you just make it a joke, which I, I I understand the criticism. It didn't bother me as much. So I think that's enough on Captain. Marvel. Jude Law should have shot it out. Jude Law should have died. <laughs> 
All right, so Carol should have just like punted him to the Suns. That would have been that would have been fun. So the last thing um, on our list is uh, Avengers Endgame comes out, and do we have a counter? Like three weeks almost. Uh, I think we're just like at twenty six days. days at this okay, point. never mind. Um, yeah, because it comes out the twenty six. Uh, well, twenty five technically because um, you know it'll come out seven o'clock in the United States. On the twenty fifth, their marketing their their marketing has been on point. I have loved that they have barely um, shown anything. I love how they're doing the posters. They're definitely taking their time. I mean, I mean, I mean they're definitely not showing a lot. Um, we've got hints. They don't need to show anything. Like they literally just have to put up in game, and I'm just like, there it is. Release the hype engine. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll get no stuff more uh, stuff soon as the press tour um, starts to kick off. So we got some interesting tidbits already. Um, Shiri's dead. We don't yep. know. If, we don't know if she but got snapped that, or if uh, Corvus or Corvus Glaive uh, killed her, but she's apparently dead. I, th- I I'm pretty sure it's a snap because I think the first trailer that came out, she was on the screen of people that missing. Were missing. Okay. So Shuri got yeah, because I remember that. So I remember. So when the poster came out, and people were like, "Oh no, Shuri's dead." I'm like, "But we've known that for months. She was and on the screen." Va- and Valkyrie is alive. And apparently, and she's apparently, in the movie. and in the movie, I did not. I just saw a picture of Tessa Thompson. I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm for that." And people are shipping her and Captain Marvel. I'm just like, I don't know if that's gonna work the way you think it's gonna work. Hey, I don't hate it. <laughs> I have you seen uh, Tessa Thompson, Brie Larson? They keep sharing the fan art, and it's like, all right, guys, you oh, don't yeah. want you don't want to get in trouble for queer baiting. Have you heard of that term before? Yeah, I've heard that yeah. term before. So for the art, because I mean, sorry, you can go. Oh yeah. So go for ahead. the audience, if you don't know, queer baiting is a thing in a show where um, authors um, hint that there may be a romantic connection between um, two characters um, of the same gender, but then they don't follow through with it. And sometimes people get mad because, like, there aren't a ton of, like, gay couples in shows. So it's like, okay, if you're going to tease it and not do it, it almost just makes it worse. So that's the, that, that's, that's queer baiting. Fun fact. All right. So, Chris, what were you going to say? Yeah, because I'm just like, it's, it's not like they're going to be remotely in, in the same universe, especially with Captain Marvel being in the past so much. Or, like, their plan is for her to be in the past in her next movie, which, you know, unless she just showed up to where, like, uh, Sakaar and just chilled there for a few minutes. Like, there's, there's no point in unless she starts showing up in the next Thor movie or something. Like, we don't know where Valkyrie's just going to show up at. So, like, and they've already done reshoots. So, I, I don't think it has the momentum to have done a reshoot now but it is what it is um other things for endgame uh so yeah so so theory so theory so we have i said i had three theories i i think they're just sort of all sort of conglomerated into one thing um so based on what we've seen and who is still alive i think we're going to have two teams we're going to have the space team which is going to be like thor valkyrie captain marvel rocket nebula um 
to go try and find Thanos while the others go back in time and try and, you know, do what they ha- they can to, you know, take stones away from Thanos and everything like that. That's one theory. The other theory is that I heard, I can't remember whether it was my brother that said it or someone else. It wasn't my brother. It was someone else. I think I read it earlier today on Facebook or yes, last night was that they're going to fight Thanos and kill him in like the first half of the movie. I think that's what's going to happen too. And the last half is trying to reverse everything that happened. Yeah, that's that's definitely where I'm thinking too. I mean, I I, I think that defeating Thanos is going to happen relatively quickly, and then we're and th- and they're going to get the gauntlet, and the gauntlet's not going to work, and they're going to have to figure something else out. Yeah, because that's what I think with the gauntlet, you know, showing the gauntlet being like sort of crushed, that it couldn't do the snap again. Now, granted, it didn't need to do the snap. Uh, to reverse it in the comic so you just literally the person just literally had to will it but maybe no one is strong enough to will it and i swear tony stark better i i hope tony stark uses it and fails that's what i hope that's how he dies um just just you know just throwing that out there uh the other thing is if you fight with thanos in the first half of the movie someone has to die It'll either be mm-hmm. Cap or it'll be Tony. And I feel like if they die that early, it will take a lot of people out of the movie right away. Because you still For have sure. another hour, hour and a half to go. So unless it's like Cap where it's going to require like someone to sacrifice themselves to undo it, then that's what they'll do. Or, you know, Cap goes back in time and decides to stay with... Uh, uh, what's her name? Peggy. But then someone brought up a really good point. If he goes back in time and stays with Peggy, unless they take away his super soldier serum, he's going to want to fight in the Korean War, Vietnam, everything. There's nothing that's going to stop him from wanting to fight. <laughs> yeah. And he'll be there at the beginning of S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything. So it's like, th- that's not really a plausible theory anymore either. Yeah, because that goes against all of his that principles he, to, to just yeah, sit to there. Just, he's like the forever. He's like the forever soldier. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I mean, I do have. I mean, the only theories I think I I think I know. I mean, we know time travel is going to happen. I think they're going to rewrite it so right. Infinity War like never happens. And there's already theories mm-hmm. because I think they said Spider Man Far From Home start beginning starts right after Endgame. And in the I, the yeah, theory I think after. was that Peter Parker in Endgame when he was on the bus, I think they were on the bus to the airport to go to um where to go to Italy in Endgame to go to Europe. Yeah, the only thing I would say, yeah, I would say about that is that nobody had any like uh like suitcases or anything like that and the bus they were on is not like if they were like on an indian trails bus or something like that i'd be like as oh yeah that's, a, perfectly, school bus, it that's wasn't like a, that's a perfect theory wasn't a travel bus yeah hmm okay right but i mean like yeah i don't know yeah whatever it takes and the other thing is who's going to remember that infinity war that in Infinity War happened. 
because in the comics, um, I don't think everybody remembers. I think only a select few remember until later when like their memories are restored or something. Because it seems like when a lot of universe-shaking events happen, only a very select few remember. So I feel like Doctor Strange probably Doctor Strange will remember. Um, Doctor Strange has already gotten an Endgame spoiler. He might so. be one of the few. Well, the other, and I said this, I think, after Infinity War. And so we're getting a Doctor Strange 2. But he held his own against Thanos with four Infinity Stones. How is Baron he's Mordo going to well, be a He's got to get some other power from somewhere. He has to. But the other thing is he'd get it from Dormammu. But that goes against this whole thing. Like his whole motivations in the first movie to do the exact same thing that the ancient one did. Like I also heard the ancient one is supposed to be in any in in any game. I don't know why I read that. I don't know if it's true, but I heard that. Yeah. Hey, we know uh Pepper Potts is in it. It's her like, hey, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's last movie, last phase one girlfriend standing. <laughs> Next thing we know, we see Natalie Portman show up. Ah, uh, it's probably not gonna happen. Nope. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of anything else. Have you seen all the memes of uh, Ant-Man going to Thanos' butt? God, yes, I have. Why been a, is that a thing? There's been a lot of those. Uh, Josh Berlin uh, responded on Instagram. Did you see that? Yeah. He was on the toilet. That. Yeah, so uh, get, getting in on the fun for real. I don't. I mean, that meme was made like before during Infinity War. I don't know why it's coming back. But, like, half my feed is just, like, you know, I'll have, like, the, um, it was, like, you know, you know, they have, like, the, the whole Avengers or whatever mm-hmm. on the posters. And there was one with Ant-Man, and it was, like, um, it was his ass, and it had the Avengers A for it. And I'm just, like, Jesus. I was, like, you know he could yeah. go in his ear. Right. Or his nose. His eyeball. But, um... That's true, or his eye, but I mean, what can you say? People are nasty, so that's um, that's just where we are right yeah. now, I guess. One thing I'm happy about this movie is that we're gonna have at least a good, a good two more months of um Thanos memes. Thanos memes are always good. Yes, and um, it's it's we don't know like what like we talked about earlier without Secret Invasion, we don't know where it's gonna go anymore, but. The Fox merger is done, which means we have the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, which means we have Doom. Granted, since they're doing Dark Phoenix in June, which means we couldn't really have that Dark Phoenix saga uh, with the whole universe. But um, we could get Doom being the overarching villain. But at the same time, I wouldn't want Doom to be the overarching villain like I do. But I also want to see him, you know, go up against black panther and have do more be a movie because that would be awesome but neither here nor there uh but I w- i'm gonna ask you this because i asked my brother and a couple of my other friends this what would you rather be an end credit scene in Endgame: mutants or the fantastic four mutants or the fantastic four um probably mutants that- just because what that's what I, I I would think too. Me too. Because I I feel like if they do some like retconning and stuff with the time travel beating, it'd be a good way to introduce the X gene. 
and write that in after it not being a thing before. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four, you know, you could always write them in as existing. You know, you could do it in... Literally, you could have put them into Captain Marvel. You could have put them... You could have had them exist in the past. You could have had them... You could have had them. Di- you could have had them disappear. For... You could have had them be test pilots and disappear in like a space vortex and not come back until present right. day. They could, right? They could have been the original test pilots for Project Pegasus, and they, uh, like went off and did the lightspeed engine, and no one heard. Yeah, them. I mean, you could actually technically still do that. I afterwards. mean, le- legally, I mean, legally they couldn't do that, but now they can. But um, right. I don't think we're gonna get either, just because the merger didn't happen until after everything was filmed. But I, I mean, I'm curious to see where the future of the MCU is gonna go. And some people are like, "Oh, Avengers versus X Men," but I'm like, "But yeah, we're losing like all the original Avengers, so you can't do that anymore. X Men haven't been introduced or built up." Yeah, and then the actor, right? And the actress that plays Storm doesn't want her. Uh, doesn't want to um be like a part of the black panther verse and i'm just like well no one cares what you think all right because you're wrong well alexandria ship yeah you mean i think it was her well well hopefully she won't be storm much longer that's um yeah there's already other actors who want to be cast as storm and what um, what is the internet's big problem with her because i haven't had a problem with her i didn't think she was great but i was just like she's just there oh with alexandria ship Oh, well, just because some people thought that, you know, I think she's biracial, that, like, hey, you should have had a dark-skinned woman playing Storm, you know, people didn't feel like she fit what Storm was supposed to be, and she got in fights with, um, nerdy black Twitter, mostly uh, mostly other black women, and, uh, she, she pretty much went off, like, going, like, oh, hey, light-skinned black girls deal with a lot of stuff, too. And pretty much going, like, colorism isn't real. And, like, you know, and and, and she, she just got really, she got really defensive. I think she tried to compare herself to, like, Black Lives Matter or something. And oh. it just, it got, it got really messy. And I get that, like, Alexandra Ship is, like, defending the role she's in and, like, probably feels, you know, insulted and, you know, challenged in that sort of way. It's the era we're living in. Sometimes you got to take the L. Because, you know, when you talk about I don't want to get too far into colorism, but, you know, anybody can be made fun of for anything, right? So you can be made fun of for being too dark, you can be made fun of for being too right. light, you know? But the fact is, when you look at society and you look at, you know, how people are treated, you know, in general, who is treated better, typically black people with lighter skin are treated as more beautiful, they're given more opportunities than people with darker skin. You know what I mean? It's sort of like, it's sort of like you can yeah. compare someone, you know, someone who's fat, someone who's overweight versus someone who's skinny. You know, fat people get made fun of, but you can get, you can get made fun of for being skinny, right? There are skinny jokes, of course, but, like, right. who's treated better? Someone who's overweight or someone who's skinny? You know what I mean? You know who's treated better. So, right. it just, it became a mess, and now it's just become a running, like, black nerd Twitter meme making fun of, um, Alexandria. There was one tweet she has, it says, um, it's from 2007, and so it was from 2017, it's like, it was like, y'all think because of this merger, they're going to end up recasting Storm, LOL. And then a story came out recently that they want to re- they want to just completely reboot the X-Men universe, except they might import um, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. Yeah, um, Irreplaceable, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. 
Um, two other people that I feel like you cannot cast better, uh, Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy. I, I don't They're going to try. Than them. I mean, they, they have, have to. to try. Like, you can't do the X-Men without them. But I feel like you you got Michael Fassbender before he blew up, and he did a phenomenal job. James McAvoy did a phenomenal job. Like, granted, you know, Fox hit it out of the park with casting both times for those roles. Um, and I feel like that those it's it's a high bar to set or a high bar to meet. Also, high bar, Wolverine. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to. I don't even know. It was yeah. just it was Hugh Jackman for so long that like no one even can you can't even imagine anyone else. Even though Hugh Jackman wasn't even like that comic accurate of a of a Wolverine, especially in the beginning. Like Wolverine right. is short in the comics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, Wolverine in the comics is he's short a lot. Like he he could be drawn to be you know super attractive, but he's not nearly as um he he I'll I'll put it this way Hugh Jackman was much more I think of a of a pretty boy than I think the comic Wolverine is. But now since he was in that role for so long, when people think of Wolverine, they think of Hugh Jackman. Right. So um. Yeah, I you know they'll find somebody at some point. Like I'm said, I'm I'm curious to see what to do with the Marvel universe. Like Avengers versus X Men, but I'm like, dude, we're losing Cap, Thor, Hulk, and um, and Tony probably. So like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of Hulk, and this goes, and I meant to mention this, but I forgot. There was a when they were saying that the trailer was coming there was a supposed thing that the trailer got leaked. And I remember we talked about this briefly. I don't think we ever put it on the podcast, but part of the trailer was showing that uh, the Hulk was training and they're just like, well, why are you training so hard? He's like, my rematch is coming. I know it. If that happens, I'm going to be a hundred percent for that. Granted, we know we're going to get Professor Hulk in this one, or at least, banner controlled hulk in this one um but i want i want more out of the hulk like don't let captain marvel and thor take his moment away from him also who's gonna be the cgi characters for the avengers fight because they can't all fight thanos at once what do you mean oh like like oh because you don't have the black order anymore yeah um, you don't have the Chitari. You might have the Chitari, but it'd be boring to see them fight them again. You don't want to see them fight the creatures they just fought in the last one. So what are you going to do? Make multiple versions of Thanos and have, you know, each team fight one. That'd be hilarious, but ultimately fruitless. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't even, you think they'll all fight Thanos, period? I don't know. Who else can they fight besides Thanos? Well, you, think there'll, you think there'll be another person that they have to fight? I think there will be someone else besides Thanos they have to battle with at some point. For sure. They gotta do something. Because, I mean, like, you can't fight, like, in, in, in a martial arts thing, it's for the most you can fight at once for. Um, granted, you have aerial combat in this, so maybe you can up, extend that to six, maybe eight. But most of these people have not fought together so that's going to be a thing 
Um, and I don't see really Rocket being in place here without having, you know, some some foot soldier to fight. And we know Cap is there at some point because we saw that in the trailer where he's like muddied and blood mudded and bloodied up. So he's obviously there. Um, they got to fight somebody. They can't just mm -hmm. all fight Thanos at once. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll bring some other um, obscure comic alien to bring in the fight, which by all means, fine. Just just give me some good Yeah, fight. and um, the way they're doing the posters with the dead characters and the living characters all but confirmed that uh, Loki and Gamora are going to come back. Because some people thought they'd be dead for real. It's like, no, they're coming back. Everybody's yeah. coming back. All the dead characters from the last movie are coming back. And, you know, maybe Cap and Iron Man may die permanently. Though I hear that Hemsworth and uh, Mark Ruffalo want to be done with Marvel after this one, too. So, yeah, I, yeah, yeah Mark, Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo got, got, fired. got fired. So he doesn't really have a choice at this moment. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, I think. I don't he think he, I'm not saying that he dies. I'm just saying that. He can just he be. He just may not. You know, he may go off to oh, rebuild yeah. Asgard somewhere, he, and we just don't, you know. He can just be Odin, or he can go into a Thor sleep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm curious, and, and I wouldn't be shocked if. I don't know how much longer the MCU is going to go after this one. I wouldn't be shocked if I'm. Mean, goes, you know, another five, ten years. I wouldn't be shocked if they brought old characters back at some point. Yeah, but what I really think is they should do what DC is doing now and just focus on the individual characters and don't really go for this overarching thing because I think you have exhausted most of your big storylines because either the characters are no longer there or you've already adapted them into some of these smaller films. In my opinion, I think I said this before, they need to do smaller crossovers you know more buddy movies you know mm -hmm. like even though you know like work. ragnarok i like hulk being in thor's I, I like hulk being in thor's movie i like iron man being a spider-man's movie you know i like nick fury being in captain marvel's movie i want more stuff like that right you know i, think I like a movie too. you know i like a movie where you know spider-man is fighting some mystical foe and he goes to dr strange for advice you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you can do that kind of stuff and have it be organic. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't mind, you know, Captain Marvel showing up in Guardians 3, which also James Gunn is back. Yeah. We'll talk we, about that. We, he got rehired. Yeah, we can unpack that uh, post-endgame because that's looking to the future of Marvel as well. Um, and also another thing we'll talk about in the next podcast is Godzilla King of Monsters. That looks crazy. Oh man, I'm so excited. And uh, Shazam comes out this week too. Yes, which we didn't get to talk about at all. We'll talk about it on the next podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll review it. We'll review it within game probably. Yes, uh, either at the time of the next podcast, either I will be a week from graduation or I will have just graduated, so it'll be a fun time. Good old, good, good old Zachary Levi making a comeback after getting um unceremoniously murdered Ragnarok. <laughs> they asked him about that on the Shazam red carpet too. Yeah, what'd he say? He was just like, oh, you know, I love Kevin Feige. I, I wish my character could have done more, but now I get to be Shazam, so, you know. He's winning. You know, he's 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 winning. He's having he's having a good year. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you got anything else about Endgame? Um, no, I hope the, 
I think even that the merger happened afterwards, they were, I don't think the reshoots were quite done yet, but even so, I still think you, they could have filmed something and just ha- kept it in their back pocket. Not told anyone. Right, because you know things were wrapping up. Um, and I think we, I think I told you about this. Maybe I think I might have texted you about this, but in the next Captain Marvel movie or the next time she's on Earth, what they should do is like, you know, she's, you know, talking to all these people or anything like that. And this little girl goes up to hug her and she feels weak for a second. And then she's like, hmm, that was weird. And then the end credit scene is the little girl flying and has a white streak in her brown hair. And it's like, <laughs> rogue. <laughs> Now, have you seen, there was a meme, did you see the yeah. meme where they got a clip from the X-Men TV show with Rogue and Captain Marvel, where she's, like, taking her powers, and the caption's like, oh, hey, Carol, I heard you got a little movie yeah. coming out. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's great. I need that. I yeah, need that I mean, they, they can't do it now if they reboot and stuff. Um, Monica Rambeau definitely can be a thing. She'd be, like, 30 now. Nothing but respect um, for my Captain Marvel. uh, I think Kevin Feige said they wanted to do Kamala Khan at some point, too, which at this point, they might as well. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that it was, she has to be on Earth for a while in order to inspire Kamala Khan. So the next movie should be on Earth and in present day, not, you know, in the late 90s in... And I was thinking, too... Who knows where space. Um... They could, I mean, you think Bucky's going to be in the new Cap or Falcon? Um, I think, well, depends on what kind of statement Marvel wants to make. Because there's going to be a whole lot of people that are like, a black Captain America, not in my country. And then be like, yeah, well, yeah, boy, let me ca- show you Captain Marvel book, and end up breaking records. Uh, even, by, even being a mediocre movie. <laughs> It got, you know, my mom liked it. Dad was kind of like, mm, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It was, million. we didn't even get in, we didn't even get into the whole, like, incel Captain it, Marvel thing. It's been split amongst my family. <laughs> I, I don't care. I, like, if you do not like a movie because the main character is a person of color or a woman, your opinion is invalid to me i do not care about your opinion well people got mad well people got mad at captain marvel at brie larson at captain marvel at brie larson i guess she said that in an in in interview she was making a statement about diversity and like um she wanted more diversity of like uh critics on like the press tours and whatnot and she made some comments where she was like i don't really care like what a 40 year old white guy thinks about my movie and people got offended it was like oh brie larson hates white men and it's like, dude, like that's clearly not what she means, and, you know what yeah, I mean? And, pr- I, and, and it just heard, it spun out into this. Yeah. Hate. And when I heard that, I was just like, well, I because I remember her doing it on the press store for another movie I thought, and it was before Captain Marvel. So then when it came up again now, and I'm just like, but she, I thought she said this like over a year ago. But at the same time, dude, she's not just... wrong because if you have a movie based on people of color and you only have white people criticizing it there there's there's a there's a disconnect there like it should not be uh it should not only be one group of people 
being critics for all movies. It, there needs to be diversity of background, diversity of thought, diversity of opinion that comes into those movies that would be able to fully appreciate the different movies for different reasons. Yeah. Like, and that's where people are starting. Like, there's a reason why there is a growing divide between what critics think is, is a good movie and what people think is a good movie. And it's not that because the critics are so much more educated in film and all that, because while some of them are, not all of them are, mm -hmm. but people see the movies that they want to see that relate to them, that they can go home and think about, feel good about, and all that. And there, there's a reason why you have movies like, oh God, I can't remember, but where you have these like really artsy and technically beautiful movies that win all these types of awards, but people watch the Oscars and they're like, what movie is that? For when sure. did that come out? You know, so I think there needs to be a greater variety of diversity and inclusion in the critics field as well as Hollywood in general, as well as the world in general, in places of power. And I'm going not, I'm going to step down from my soapbox because I, I don't want to get no, into that. I, I, I totally understand what you're saying, but it's dumb. And, and like, you know, and whenever you have a movie like this where, you know, it's clearly like, you know, this is billed as like, this is going to be the female superhero movie. You know, even though DC did it first with Wonder Woman, you know, um... It's just my last closing thoughts for a wrap up. You know, you're always when something like this happens, you're always gonna have people that are gonna love the movie regardless of how good it really is, and you're always gonna have people that you know they're pissed at for whatever reason. They hate Brie Larson, whatever. They were gonna they were gonna hate the movie, you know, no matter how good it was, wasn't you know. And what happens when you have right. just you know just when you have like when when you just have this dumb just like divide is that you end up losing you know real nuance and real film criticism and real you know you know and there is a place to say well hey i wasn't really a fan of this movie but parts of it that appeal to you know this group of people that didn't appeal to me you know so you know that's why right. like sometimes the, the internet it just gets my nerves because it's just can we, I wish we could just be honest and just talk about a movie, you know, for what it is. And these, that are critically acclaimed, you might find, you, that, that mm -hmm. you might find boring. There are movies that are hated. I mean, that are really bad, you know, but people like them. You know, there's a reason, like, The Room is a cult classic. Some people have a soft spot for the Michael Bay Transformers mm -hmm. movies. You know, so that, that, that's that, that's my closing statement right. on that. And we don't we don't have to get too much into it. Which probably probably could have had a woman on this podcast, but um, we didn't plan. Uh, had enough. Sorry, we we yeah we yeah we, we didn't even should. know when this All was right. gonna happen. We'll do better on that. Yeah, for sure. All right, and we can we can do a redux on it later on. All right. Well, I'm Chris. I'm Chris. And this has been the um, 21st edition of the Two Black Generity Podcast. Um, thanks for listening and um, live long and prosper. We'll see you in a world post-endgame. We're in the endgame yep. now. We're in the